the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Last week we began talking about proclaiming the good news of Yeshua. This week we have a treat. We are going to be interviewing... Uh, J.B. Bernstein, who is launching an initiative at Shresh David to establish evangelism and discipleship as an ongoing culture in our congregation. Uh, he has his work cut out for him, I must say. <laughs> but his heart is all about evangelism, and J.B. believes that you should join us as well. So let's find out why, but first, a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and thank you. And I thank you, Lord, that you have given us this great commission to bring the good news to the Jew first and also to the nations. So, Father, pour out your spirit of anointing on this uh, program so that people will want to get involved and engaged and and want to see their church uh, come uh, alongside of us to share with Jewish people. We just pray that you will pour out your spirit on each and every one, and we thank you for this time. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, so as I mentioned, uh, we always love for you to join us in our services, and if you uh, hear this program today and want more information, would you call Karen at 813-831-5673, or you can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. So, uh, also I would mention this. Before uh, we start with JB, do me a favor. If you have a cell phone that allows you to download an app, please listen to our entire program, because at the end I'm going to give you instructions on downloading an app That will help you share your faith. So, today, we'd like to welcome J.B. Bernstein. It is good to have you here. Good to be here. All right. And uh, 
Uh, well, let's get right into asking you questions. Why don't you give us a moment about your background? Tell us a little. Well, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, during a uh, very turbulent time in the 60s and 70s. And like many young people, especially a lot of Jewish young people, because I grew up in Brooklyn in a very Jewish neighborhood, there was a desire that I had to find out something more. Like I was not looking forward to following in the footsteps of my parents who seemed to have a boring life. So I was part of that Woodstock generation and my hair was long. We were rebels. But at the same time, there was something inside of me that wanted to know the truth. If there is, if there was truth to know, I wanted to know. I wasn't religious. I uh, I believed in God, but I had no idea where He was or anything like that. So that sort of sets the stage. I was pretty. Uh, I was wild, but somewhat responsible. I worked. I was not. You know, I was not. I was crazy, but not real crazy. Okay, so how did the Lord uh, find you? Exactly. I never found him. He found me because he's not lost. I was. (laughs) And so I was experimenting during those days after the uh, my phase with uh, taking psychedelics and marijuana, which is legal now. It's very interesting that I began to delve into Eastern mysticism Because my roommate was a practicer of yoga, and I was very fascinated, and I started doing the yoga exercises, and it wasn't long before I then started saying om and all these things and found out that there was a spirituality. And in in the Indian culture, I thought that these ancient disciplines must have the secret that I was looking for. And I began to uh, meditate. And this one morning, I was meditating and in cross-legged lotus position, they call. And for some reason, I grabbed my prayer shawl, my talit, my talis from when I was bar mitzvah. I had it in my apartment and I put it on. And I was meditating at that time. And if God himself ever said, it was then. And he did speak to me. I didn't realize it was his voice at the time, but it was almost with a little bit of a Yiddish accent. He said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I, it just startled me that to hear that inside of my spirit. And I thought, yeah, what am I doing? I'm Jewish. And it was very early, like probably 6 a.m., in on Saturday morning, I knew it was the Sabbath, and I thought my grandmother, my Jewish bubby, would never in a million years um, get up at six o'clock in the morning and cross her legs. I don't think she could have crossed her legs. And so I say, how could this be the way to God if it's not the way to God for everyone? So I decided I was going to observe the Sabbath for the first time in my life as an adult. In the past, I would go to synagogue because I had to go. Uh, It would either be maybe a bar mitzvah or a wedding or during the high holy holidays, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. But here was a time I was going to test and see what would happen if I as a Jew observed the Sabbath day because I thought, wow, maybe there's something about being Jewish that's meaningful where I could find, as my grandmother would say, find myself. She used to always ask me, did you find yourself yet? 
So I took a walk, and in the midst of this walk, someone approached me. He had a dark beard and piercing blue eyes. And he goes up to me and says, how is your faith in Jesus? And I responded, I'm Jewish. I don't believe in Jesus. Was I surprised when he said, well, I'm Jewish and I do. And I said to him, how can you be Jewish and believe in Jesus? So he whipped this small Bible out of his back pocket and started showing me things in the Hebrew scriptures, in an English translation, which sounded like Jesus to me, like he was despised and rejected, he was pierced, born in Bethlehem, uh, born of a virgin in the book of Isaiah, is called Mighty God in Isaiah 9. I thought, whoa, I got nervous And I said, I'm getting out of here because, you know, here I was, of course, searching for the truth, but this couldn't be the truth. You know, Jesus. So I kept walking. Fifteen minutes later, out of nowhere, a man with a dark beard and piercing blue eyes approached me and said, how's your faith in Jesus? And I looked at him. He looked exactly like the guy I just met. I said, what, did you run ahead to meet me again? And he goes, no, I never saw you before in in my life. Well, it turned out it was his identical twin brother. And what the first Jewish identical twin didn't show me in the Hebrew scriptures, the other twin did. I was kind of shaken for sure. Walked away, they gave me a gospel of John, and I went my way. About two weeks later, I was on my way to Greenwich Village to a jazz concert on the Staten Island Ferry, and guess who was on the ferry boat? Yep, one of the twins, the first one. He surrounded me with his friends and just kind of pointed his finger at me looked me in the eyes and said, you need to be saved. Oh, gosh. Oh, I can imagine that. You loved that, didn't you? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I did the Eastern philosophy, yoga, meditation. Um, There were other things I tried, but in every one of those things, I felt free to continue my lifestyle, which was not a holy one. But this time, when he said that, I thought, I can't do this, because I immediately had a picture of Jesus in white robes, and the purity and the holiness aspect of him hit me big time, and I knew that I'd have to stop living with my girlfriend, and I'd have to stop smoking pot, which I did almost every day, but I didn't. I thought, why am I thinking I have to give up anything? And then I said to myself, unless, Bernstein, this is the truth that you've been looking for, what are you going to do about it? And so I became really convicted. I, I thought that this could easily be the real deal. And it turned out that when the ferry boat docked, these guys got on their hands and knees in the park, on the dirt, 
in the in the in the on the grass on the dirt and started praying out loud unashamedly for me during rush hour in New York. I'm looking around to see if anybody knew me. And and they prayed for me and then they asked me to repeat this prayer and and I did. I asked Jesus to show me he was real. I asked him to give me eternal life and his spirit and I went to the jazz concert. In the middle of the jazz concert, I stood up and I noticed and I said to myself, something is different. And I walked outside, and I'm telling you, the sky was bluer, the grass was greener, and I felt like I lost 300 pounds Amen. off of my back. So fast forward that into ministry background, uh, because you went into ministry. Just briefly, let us know what you've done, some of the things. Well, you know, I, I really never, because you don't know me from way, you know me from a while back, but not mm-hmm. way, way back. But I never really was, quote, officially in ministry. And what I immediately started doing is, wow, this is mind-blowing that, that this man, Jesus, died, rose from the dead. And, and, you know, I hadn't met many, besides those guys, I didn't meet many Jews. There was one here and there was one there. But I just started telling everybody. And I felt that, wow, this is, you know, it was almost like I have to. I, I, I couldn't help but speak about, about this. And so if you call that ministry, I guess that's ministry. But I began to immediately tell everybody pretty much every day. And then I found this, uh, this group of people that they belonged to. And they called me up. And I started hanging out with them and going out with them on the streets of New York. And it was amazing. And, and it was uh, not too long after that, I started meeting some Jewish people in New York. And then I became part of a, of a congregation. But I kept on doing this. And I think to this very day... What I believe is we're all ministers, and now I would say, not that I'm a minister, but I'm an equipper of ministers. Okay, so tell me, why why do you think evangelism is so important? Well, in a, in a sense, it's a no-brainer. When asked why he came, the Lord said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So it's the very purpose for which he came. And and we all know the famous scripture, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But at the the last words of, of the Lord after he rose from the dead were, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And Interestingly, his first words when he met his disciples were, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. His last words were, go and make disciples of all nations. So I would say the first words and the last words of the Messiah are probably pretty important. And the purpose for which he said he came, which also must be important, are three reasons why evangelism is absolutely important. Yeah, I always say there are three commandments that we are to live by, to love God, love our neighbor, and share exactly. uh, that love of Yeshua. Yes. So yeah. those are our three commandments. Keep it simple. Just let's do that. Yes. In fact, uh, the, the 
observance of the Torah, there are, there are many Messianic Jews and there are Gentiles that go to Messianic congregations these days that have a desire to be Torah observant. Well, I'm thrilled about that because that means that they know that they're required by law, by the law of Moses, to proclaim the gospel. Because first of all, if they love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and might, then he he said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And what is his commandments? Go. Make disciples. And loving our neighbor as ourself means that we cannot just stand by when our neighbors are heading into an eternity where they're going to be judged, but rather we're called to rescue them from the impending judgment, and so that giving them the the uh, truth about the Messiah, about his death and resurrection, the gospel, the power of the gospel, is is the fruit of loving somebody. Exactly. So that's great. But why do you think Christians should be sharing with Jewish people? Another great question. Well, in Norway, they they call bringing the gospel back to the Jewish people return to sender. So Christians, first of all, should realize if it wasn't for the Jewish people, they would not be saved. They would not be born again. They would not be in a church because this all started with the Jewish people and Yeshua, Jesus himself said, salvation is from the Jews. And Paul writes about a debt that the church owes to Israel and the greatest way to pay back that debt is to bring the most valuable thing that you have, which is your relationship with with, by the way, their God, back to them. And so it's all over the scriptures how important Israel is. And I think the biggest reason is because it's God's will. The Apostle Paul, who was called to the nations, to the Gentiles, said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for everyone who believes to the Jewish people first. There is a priority to reach the Jewish people because God begins everything with Israel, with the Jewish people, and the Jewish people are called to be a blessing to all the nations. So by bringing them the gospel, by blessing Israel in that way, you're really blessing yourself. And because the Jews, um, they're, they're coming into the kingdom of God Paul says, means life from the dead. So the very power of resurrection life is going to be released as Jewish people come into the kingdom. And these are some of the reasons why Christians should be totally, thoroughly motivated to care about bringing the gospel to Jewish people. And and in a way that Jewish people can understand that it's Jewish, there's nothing more Jewish than a Jew who follows the Messiah. Yeah, I've, I'm always surprised when uh, Christians say, oh, you have converted, and um, which is something that for a Jewish person, that's really not the words you want to hear. No. Uh, on the other hand, I said, well, I understand you've converted too because you used to be a sinner just like me, and now we're not. Is that what you're talking about? No. 
obviously they weren't talking about that. I, but I just trying to be a little funny with them because I want them to understand that I, I remain as a Jewish person, but I believe that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah. Well, again, you know, there's nothing more Jewish than a Jewish person who follows the Messiah because one of the 13 precepts of what defines a Jew is, I believe, with perfect faith in the coming of the Messiah, and though he tarry, though he delay, I will wait wait for him. Well, we belong to a growing number of Jewish people whose eyes have been opened, and it's clear that the Messiah has already come, and that he, you know, interestingly, was born king of the Jews. Wise men from the east came to worship him because they knew a king was born in Israel. When he died, three different um, signs were by the cross in three languages, king of the Jews. And when Jesus returns, he's not going to be returning, sorry if you or might be offended by this. He's not returning to the Vatican. He's not returning to Washington, D.C. He's not returning to Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's returning to Jerusalem, which is spoken of as the city of the great king. So by us following the Mashiach, the Messiah, it's, it's natural. In fact, the Bible says we are the natural branches and the Gentiles are wild olive branches. So it's natural for us to follow him. It's actually wild that Gentiles follow him. And and I believe that what will help Jewish people is if they realize, Steve, that they are on our tree, that we've not been grafted onto their tree, and that they're grafted onto an olive tree, not a Christmas tree. And the one new man is when they come back to the Jewishness of their faith, understanding that this is, and we see this in, in many scriptures, uh, that that we can talk about in the coming weeks. You know, we're already just about out of time. It's crazy how quickly this goes. But I'm asking everybody to come back next week. But before I do that, let me remind you that there is a Bible app that I want you to download now as we're speaking. And uh, you just put in in your uh, place for uh, search for apps, uh, T. L-V as in Victor, T-L-V Bible, and you will see a green box which will say T-L-V and then Journey, and then there'll be like an arrow because, you know, we're going to follow that that journey, right, together. And when you open that up, there will be a what looks like a tic-tac-toe box, and in each box there will be another uh, aspect of things that you can learn. Uh, in fact, in the middle, it has the entire Bible. You just click on that and you get the entire translation of the Bible. Now, there's also the box that says share. And if you click on that, and then you'll see a few more boxes, and one of them is Bible activist. And uh, we are all activists, aren't we? Well, click on that, and you will see 38 benefits that we receive when we uh, receive Yeshua. And, and that's important to note because sometimes people just don't know all the benefits that we get from knowing the Lord. 
And then it talks about uh, five steps to share Messiah and uh, from the Jewish scriptures and also sharing Messiah from the Ten Commandments. And then it has a section on answering objections using the Hebrew scriptures. I'd like you to have all of that. So download that app. Um, also come visit us, uh, and especially this weekend, you can hear uh, JB preach at Shoresh David. Uh, and certainly go to our shoreshdavid.org Uh, website or see us on Facebook. May the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.